welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me, it's Claire Williams. Um, with me with a pair of shades and a sig in hand. You know, I think it would be fun if you dressed up as Wong Kar Wai for this. Like the look, you know, it's like usually a button down, like... I feel like, like that would be soliloquies, a failure know. to so many people if I actually tried to imitate that. <laughs> I would be offensive <laughs> in every single way. It'd be offensive to my self-esteem. It'd be offensive to Wong Kar Wai. It'd be offensive for, you know, Livy. It would be, it's just, because I couldn't replicate that look even if I tried. I mean, <laughs> I could. If tried, maybe it would be a failure, maybe. But if we, if each of us, myself and Livy, <laughs> Each of us dressed up as directors, that'd be cool. Well, that's that like a costume but party. It, it would it would turn and into that's a costume. Fun. I think, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be okay? I'm not trying to give anyone ideas here because this sounds insanely cringy. <laughs> but if you want to throw a director's themed costume party, that would be interesting. That would be fun. That would be fun. I would dress up as David Lynch almost immediately because I have the hair for it. Um, would you dye your hair platinum? Yeah, would you dye your hair? You, you, you gotta, gotta commit. Have to. That's you a philosophical question, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> That's like asking is like, you know, what is your life's philosophy? Um, mm -hmm. Same thing if you wanted to be Jim Jarmusch. Like, they have that, like, ashy, like, snow white. You know, it's like... Um, I couldn't be as cool as Jim Jarmusch. David Lynch is kind of mm. a dork, so I feel like I can. Jar like... I think Lynch is Lynch is cool. Lynch is cool, but he makes Lynch lamps. Is... Let's all be honest here. He makes fucking lamps. That's no does cool he's... person makes lamps. How do you know? How do you know? I mean, he tells I... us the weather. <laughs> he, he paints. He I got a haircut that... every day on set for the return. I don't know if that's he cool. sure did. Yeah, I think that's yeah. No. He present he presents this like or I think like images of him are cool, but maybe not like. Have he, you he's heard from him the Midwest. Talk? I know that's from my the point. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't think like, his. Yeah. I don't I, think. I see, I see. Hi, my name is David um, Lynch. Like you right, can't. Yeah. That's not cool. Agent Cooper. Have you heard right, him say Huey? <laughs> yeah. like, I have. It's. I have. This is, he's not um, a cool. I mean, I love him, but he's not like a cool right. guy. I think this might be this might get to... me canceled on film Twitter. This might be the end of Clay Williams on film. No, Twitter. I I mean that's not irres it would be like irresponsible if you didn't like David Lynch, but saying he's not cool that's like not that bad. I don't know. People yeah. worship that um, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like an easy one to pull off for a costume party, Wes Anderson. Absolutely. Like you need like you know the. Like a hair get some five scar get five like scarves, scarves maybe six like yeah a like, um, tweed sweatshirt like sure, some nice right, khakis yeah. your, some your... corduroids absolutely um, absolutely because because I saw that there's that tweet from a, a while ago I think it like was was popular um, that Wes Anderson and Wong Kar Wai were included in directors that look like they could be characters in their own movies. Mm. Oh, that's um, a fun. Zack Snyder yeah, comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Mann too, because just because of how pure Chicago he is. Mm -hmm. right. right. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Michael Mann. Oh, Weirdly. treat yourself. 
Okay. Mm. As soon as we're done. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Think about how he looks. Just in your head, when you think of Michael Mann, just picture a person. Sure. Okay? Mm -hmm. You got it. Yeah. You got it. No, no. I mean, this is... he. You got it. That's exactly how he looks. Whatever you're thinking is the answer. That is absolutely how he looks. You can't... (laughs) that picture of michael mann you're not like shocked you're like no of course this this is what he looks like (laughs) you're making me curious i'm gonna have to look you just have to i don't know what to tell you i mean i started thinking okay i started thinking and then i immediately because the last michael mann movie i watched was miami vice and i i just kept thinking like about god what's his name about colin farrell like his Im- the image of Colin Farrell started like coloring my image. That's fair. That happens to me in daily yeah. life. I'll yeah. just be thinking of like some algebra or whatever, and I'm like Colin. Farrell. Yeah, yeah. Just all the time, right? Yeah. The ha- the ha- that hair. The intrusive in thought. The... He probably yeah. smells. Yeah. yeah. He smells so good. No, I he mean, probably I think smells, he smells so awful, good in Colin. And... But I love yeah. it. Yeah, he plays like he smells I love bad. it. Yeah. He has that. I think he smells like good. um. I mean, what's the what's the musk that I'm trying to imagine? Uh, cocaine? Because he was addicted to <laughs> Not it. Not anymore. Wow. Oh, no. And during no. production. He's a nice sober. No, no. He's now. he's sober. He's sober. But during production. Did you see a Michael Mann photo? Mi- Miami Vice. I did. You got yeah. it, right? He looks yeah, very he, he, kind. Yeah. 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 I he like looks him. like he's... Very ge- gentle presence. He looks like yeah. Mayor of Chicago. He does. He does. He could hey, go for how's it going? I'm Michael Mann. Vote for me. Dub bears. Okay, I don't know what we're doing. What are we, this is a one car why grandmaster. What we're episode. doing I know we've got is we are here for the grandmaster, our only one car why movie that uh, we're able to cover, which I That's feel like puts nuts. on this. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, he never made a movie outside of this one for our decade. Um, maybe we can get into why, but certainly allows us to get given out given all of our thoughts for. Um, the, the the master that is Wong Kar Wai, one of my all time favorite directors. Very exciting. Hot um, take. Wow. With this, aren't you a I fucking know, rebel? I know. I know. I know. I know. Jeez. Um, I I'm going against the grain. And with us today, it's Libby Scott. Hello. Thank you Hello. so much for having me. After we thank you for being here. Of course. After we talked for like thirty minutes about <laughs> geography. After we got to know each other. Yeah, we had to. Um, we had to get into it. Yes, yes. But before we get into the Grand Master, usually we like to talk about what we've been watching lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone has anything that comes to mind first, uh, I you, you can you can start. Us I off. did a weird, not not a weird. Do you ever just like immediate like just out of nowhere? You're like, I need to watch that scene, whatever that scene is. You don't need to watch the whole movie. You just need to watch the scene, like. Mm. I, I used to, but not much lately. I, well, I, 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 I normally do it when it's like clips that are easy to access from YouTube. Well, actually, mm. yeah, easy to access from YouTube. Um, but I have now mm-hmm. timers on my phone, so I'm not on YouTube all the time. So I had to like watch it on Peacock or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I had to scrub through to the scene. It was the scene from Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, like in the hospital when she's mm. answering the questions, like for the, the, you know, the yeah. titular scene. And I just, yeah. I just, I just thought of it randomly. I'm like, wasn't that just an incredible scene? Like an amazing, heartbreaking, yeah. foundationally devasta- devastating yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just watched that again. I'm like, this is, inc- yeah. it's just like yeah. incredible. 
Um, when that scene came, came, came on, were you like, that's the title? <laughs> no. I recognize I got, that. We, you should, yeah. I, that's it. I do love when that happens, when you're yeah, watching that's a great movie, movie. they say the title. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's fully Leo me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. And I, then I watched... Uh, and, and also, like, if there's a, a shot that they use for the poster, oh, that yeah. you get to that shot, you're like... Yes, right. that's so fun. They're not doing that mm-hmm. as much lately, though. Because oh, posters suck sad. nowadays. Because they fucking, yeah. they're awful. Um, <laughs> because it's um, Disney's fault, <laughs> I would say. I'd Look, say, I'd agree. Sony I'd agree has a that. big hand in that. Sony is the and, worst, like, absolute worst offender. Um, Orphan, I also watched. The Colette Sarah joint. Mm. It's something I've always been meaning to watch, and so I'm a big fan of Col- the Colette Sarah trash. Um, oh, oh, okay. Our big take incoming, everyone. Uh, right. Someone likes the junk let syrup. Not, not yeah. you know, like you know the Liam Neeson. Not sure stuff. this one's gonna go over. All well right, on fine. Twitter. All right. Jeez. Okay, I guess I deserve it. Um, but Orphan is so good. It's so much fun. It's expertly crafted. Each scene, it's like a fucking little girl, and you act. And you're like, each scene is so. The timing and rhythm is so intricate. I mean, it all builds up so flawlessly into just the most batshit stuff. Um, I mean, it's a total crazy, absolutely nuts movie. Um, But it's just, the acting's really good in it. Uh, I mean... Farmiga and Sarsgaard are really good in it. Um, mm-hmm. I just... Isabel Furman is supposed to be, like, a real presence. I just think... Colette Sarah's just... I, I, his editing in his movies, I think, is so underrated. Um, I've called him at one point the cross-cutting god. Because um, his cross-cutting in some of the most, like, laziest action movies... Laziest as in, like, the plot is nonsense and the actors are who you think it is. Like, unknown... And nonstop have some incredible cross cutting in it, um, and there was some cross cutting. Um, there's definitely some cross cutting in Orphan, but just each, but just how it builds to each climax of each little sequence is so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, great movie. I'm so glad I watched it. It's the exact kind of trash I wanted. Did you to see, see the sequel? I'm gonna well the prequel. Um, I'm gonna watch it oh. soon ish. Maybe I don't know. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, Orphan HBO Max really mm-hmm. solid. Um, and I, it's a shame we can't talk about it because it's 2009. So yeah, right. but we have plenty of Coletzeri to do. Uh, thankfully, and we have we have the Coletzeri. We kind of went into this impressive stretch when people started to reconsider him. Yeah, I mean we have Run All Night, Commuter, Nonstop, Unknown, all the Liam Neeson mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah. Mostly Nissan, unless we're forgetting something obvious. Oh, look at him. I can't wait until we do him. Because he was definitely in yeah. his bag for Orphan. Like, dude. Was... Someone's bound to choose. Oh, the Shallows. That's another one. Oh, Shallows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Jungle Cruise. Nope. So, yeah, it would yeah, be Shallows. Cruises. You did Jungle yeah. Cruise? I know. It's unfortunate. No, Jungle Cruise is um, I, uh, really unfortunate. I wanna, we can't do Jungle Cruise. I want. Jane, I want The Rock to have a horrible cold for what he did to Colette Sarah. 
<laughs> just an awful cold. I don't want him to be hurt. Yeah. I don't. I just want a lot yeah. of discomfort and maybe a few days, you know, ruined. That's what I want for what he has done to I hope, Sarah's career. I hope the the Rock is wearing socks and he steps in a puddle of water. Ugh. Wouldn't that be nice? I know. I know. I hope he I steps on a Lego, and I know that's mean, but oh, I hope he steps. Okay, on Okay, that's Lego. a little too an unimaginable amount of pain. You just wished upon him. Can I take it a little step further? I hope there's no cold side to his pillows. <gasps> I know. I know. Whoa, that's fucked up. I know. Dude. That's fucked up. Is that gonna like? Is that gonna get me canceled? <laughs> I think right. maybe. Well, not everybody's. I know. Not everybody's rocking with the rock right now. Yeah. He ruined Colette Sarah's career. Hopefully, Colette Sarah gets back to making some trash. Then I'll be. Happy if I as can a say, not only did he, not only is he ruining other people's careers, but he ruined his own many times. He's incredible in pain and gain. Amazing. Oh my God. That's sort of. I mean, it's his best am I forgetting something obvious, it's, or it's is like that him his best fa- performance? Him and like Hobbs and Fast Five, and that that's like he, no, that's that's like I, I don't need to see anything else. No. That's it. That's the one. He's know, so like, good yeah, in Fast Five, and it's because he's yeah. not fucking playing himself. He's right, playing like a character. actual character. Yes. Yeah. But then, yeah, right. literally, if you fast forward to Fast, what is it? <laughs> was it just Fast and Furious Six? I think. I think so. He, his they last one was creative. eight. Okay. In, oh, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, technically. Yeah. Wouldn't that be? Maybe. But yeah. in the sixth, he's like the single dad. He's coaching soccer. It's like, bro, you can't inject your own life onto every single character. He's also supposed to be kind of a monster. Like, Wait, he does? In five, he's supposed to be kind of a monster. Like He's this like, hulking like, po- like yeah. SWAT officer who breaks the neck of people. Just like... Yeah. He's- He's supposed to be like this kind of like great, yeah. And so, yeah, they got a little cute, too, too cute with his movie stardom. Okay, this is not about The Rock. Livy, what have you mm-hmm. watched recently? Yes. <laughs> Please. I've, no. uh, I've been watching a lot of screeners. Um, so by the time Ooh. this comes out, I can probably have said, you know, I watched that Jayla movie, The Mother. It's interesting. I mean, I don't know, you know, you're not expecting like an action movie on Netflix to be like right. peak. Even if Annie Leibovitz does the poster photography, um, yeah, which I just think is—I only so remember funny. the mother because um, her movie and Athletics Robert Rodriguez movie comes out on the same day, and it's like, oh, that's kind of Gail Garcia Bernal is in this. Yeah, he is, but they totally waste him. Paul, R- Paul, mm-hmm. Paul, Ra- uh, is it Racy or Richie? Ra- I think Racy. I Racy? think it's Racy, but I could be wrong. Um, it's just weird. I don't know if you've, if y'all have noticed this, but it's like this trend with like female directed action films where the male characters, like they hate them bad. Like whoever wrote the script is like, we're going to put them through hell. We're going to show them dying on screen in the most gruesome ways. And it's like, okay, we get it. (laughs) Director of Milan. Yikes. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's not yeah. a good sign after yeah. you direct a like a hundred mil plus Disney film that you go straight to a Netflix movie. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sign. Whoa, Misha Green wrote this. You can't tell. Yeah, I'm just I mean say that. Well, she's you can't tell. 
I mean, like, all of her, like, she's, a, like, in the Hollywood cog machine so many times. Like, she wrote, like, she was going to write and maybe direct the third Tomb Raider movie, or the second Tomb Raider movie of Vikander. Mm-hmm. Like, she's mm. going to make a Black Canary movie at some point, maybe. Knock on wood. Right. We'll so see. she's, yeah, she's written probably so many things that have been bastardized, but. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she did the first draft. I think it was on the blacklist, and then this white man rewrote it, which is always a good idea. Peter Craig. Everyone's favorite writer, Peter Craig. (laughs) He has a singular voice that people can identify. He has some hits-ish. Oh, does he? The Town. Okay. I mean, Well, how long ago was that, though? Well, yeah, uh... Some of the Hunger Game movies, uh-huh. Blood Father, the Mel Gibson movie. That's not that's not a dad movie. Um, mm-hmm. Twelve Strong, uh, that doesn't exist. Bad Boys for Life, um, incredibly oh. strong, incredibly strong sc- screenplay there. Just a fucking immaculate no. screenplay. <laughs> Hang on, I I I kind of like. Oh, I like that movie. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's all calm down. Okay. Here. Let's put our guns down. Put our okay, guns down. Okay. Libby, put the I'm knife laying down away. my arms. I'm laying them down. I'm laying them down. Jesus Christ. Everybody at home just now. I'm, I I'm like stood that. Down. I'm yeah. standing down. That's a good movie. The knife is down. The knife is down. That's a good movie. Okay. Then he writes The Unforgivable, which the Sandra Bullock Netflix movie that yeah. no one liked. Um, no. Then he writes uh, a movie that uh, I kind of like, uh, The Batman. Uh, joking, I love that movie. Um, and Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> So those hit big 2022, but wait, again, he's, he's credited on all three of those. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the, oh. but the thing is, I bet he wrote an early draft of the Batman. Cause that was mostly, right. that was Matt Reeves and, um, wait, where's the other dude that is on Twitter all the time? What? Never mind. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Um, yeah, so that, so how is J-Lo in it? Because, like, how does she handle the action? Because she doesn't have a ton of experience. I think she does a pretty good job. Um, I would not say, I think she's fine. It's kind of like how she sounds when she speaks Spanish. Like, it's not perfect, but you can comprehend it. Right. Does that really mean? <laughs> I hope that's not like a super mean thing to say. Um, mm-hmm. You can kind of say, like there are some moments where like she really like shows her power, which is great. Um, but then there are others that just feel kind of like eh, because lackluster. You would think mm-hmm. she would be like top notch with how physically gifted she is. I mean, she's an incredible performer. Right. Um, ha- is insanely built and not in like mm-hmm. a steroid way but in a like a human way she's toned right yes yeah. and she's like, like 50 yeah, like, something she's like 52 know, crazy. crazy yeah she's like my mom's age yeah, yeah. mine too it's so it's yeah. weird <laughs> it's yeah, really it's weird crazy. but i'm like you must not eat a single carb you no, probably haven't no. had a carb since 1996 she hasn't touched sugar since no, she was our age absolutely yeah. not no. so no. it's definitely nice to watch her like it's nice to just watch her, like, not right. do the action right. so much, but, like, just standing in the frozen tundra in a parka that's, like, cinched in to, like, show off her waist and her ass. 
and and you know sometimes that's what a movie should be. Mm-hmm. That's all a movie has. She's to She's an engaging screen presence. Yes, I if will, nothing else, I will agree with that. And the dramatic bits, I feel like she really because it's basically like the gist is she's like a mom, and her daughter gets like taken by these men, but she's never met her daughter. She had to like give her up for adoption. So there's all that tension there. The daughter's like 12, but she looks like 15 or 16, um, which can, kept taking me out of it, but that's neither here mm-hmm. nor there. Um, but their dramatic scenes were very, very good. And her stuff, with, she's very good at playing like awkward, I've never had love before. And I've never like, I haven't spoken to a human in 12 years. Like I believe her mm-hmm. when she's like trying to be, open up so that was nice yeah like i know this is a really random comp but like she's good at the awkward like new lease on relationships with marry me like i i don't know i mean like she could i mean sure her thing is more importantly romantic comedies and she can she's so used to that like navigating that tension but it's, it's like i guess it is that similar thing of like like what do i do with you in my life like i'm trying to figure me out but i'm trying to also figure you out yeah for sure i and i do like i like what she's been doing lately i can't speak to shotgun wedding because i didn't see it um no i don't i don't i think a lot of people really <laughs> like it. it's not no. but her like dramatic work has been very nice in what I've seen her in. Yeah. So I don't hate Post Hustlers is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Her second yeah. act. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Rob, the um, Speak of Netflix. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's weird. That's weird that didn't happen. It's like, uh, but speak of Netflix, for myself, I started and finished Beef. Okay. Um, I got to like episode I, seven of that. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was well written, uh, well done. Uh, it's, you know, it's 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 about like trying to, you know, like trying to like it's your own self destruction and how it plays into, you know, other people's lives. Um, for those that don't know, it's like. A road rage incident between Ali Wong and Stephen Yun then spirals into the two of them uh, creating complications for each other's lives, and you get to you get to them like realizing they have more things in common than they first thought at the end of it, and um, its ending was pretty satisfying, and they're both really good in it. Um, it's both really, it's really funny, times really sad at times, really upsetting. Yeah, it's definitely one of the highlights for TV this year. I'm going to have to. But that's also, it's like, yeah, I just haven't seen that much TV where it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's like easy. It's like 30 minutes each, which is real nice. I know, it goes by so fast and it's only 10 episodes, so. Yeah, yeah. I was into it, I just kind of fell off because... I think that guy, what's his name? David Choi? Yeah. David Choi, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. A real, it, it, when I found out about that, I was already halfway done, and it's like, I may as well fin- finish. Yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah, it's a bummer. It's, it's, you know. I know. 
it sucks. Like it, it sucks. Like the show is really well received and, um, and then the their, leads are their comments so too were like, it would have been better if you yeah. had just said nothing. Right. Nothing would have been better than what they like the the statement that they put out. Like, he wasn't even provoked to say something. Nope. Like, he just kind of, like, went off, I think. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so. I will it's... get around to finishing it, because I did enjoy right. it. I understand you, like, not feeling up for it. Yet. <laughs> it sucks. I don't watch oh, television. That's my take. No. Period. I don't think you watch movies, either. All right. All right. All right. We don't need to be so hurtful. <laughs> Jack getting some licks in. I know. I deserve it. It's been time. <laughs> I speak honesty. That's all I do. Um, but what about getting into Livy and the movies that made you fall in love with movies? Um, if you can think of any foundational films in your life Oof. before we get into the Grandmaster. Yeah. Okay. I think I was like 10. When I first realized that movies could be, like, not Disney cartoon adjacent stuff. Because I was very, I was very much into, in the Disney pocket, in the DreamWorks pocket. Um, My family's incredibly religious, so we watched, like, The Prince of Egypt 27 times a year, etc. So I was 10, it was 2005, and... Pride and Prejudice came out, <laughs> uh, directed by Joe Wright, starring Karen Knightley. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad took me to see it, and I can still remember sitting in the seat being like, holy shit, but not holy shit, because I was 10. Yes. I wouldn't. I didn't know what shit was. <laughs> you knew what holy was. I did. Oh, I sure did. Hey. I sure did. Um, oh. So- <laughs> oh. Feel so good about that one. <laughs> so I was basically I was just like in awe the whole time and uh-huh. just like watching the craft, watching this sophisticated story play out, and um, I just kept. I think that was like my first period drama, and then I kept getting into them. And my dad was very much into period films. Um, he he's the he's part of the Gladiator, Last of the Mohicans. Master in Command, mm-hmm. like the Russell Crowe, Braveheart, yeah, and the, Rob yeah, Roy, right, 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 right. Yeah. Troy, Dad Alexander, movies, yes. we, yeah, 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 Kingdom yes, of Heaven, yeah. Troy, like all Kingdom that of, stuff, right, right. So he, that was my education. Your Worldly Scott, yes. Your Wolfgang Peterson, oh yes, yeah. he loved that. So I, after that, I was like eleven or twelve, probably shouldn't have been watching these movies. But he was like, "You have to watch this," and he basically tried to get me to watch. All this stuff. Um, so they weren't that religious, because this is like no. heavy <laughs> shit. <laughs> like they no, were. My mom was definitely the more religious of the right. two, um, and my dad made exceptions for film because did, he was like, <laughs> "Why did why Pride and Prejudice? What was his thinking behind that?" I don't know. I should probably ask him. Actually. Is it because it's I like think... literary, like a literary piece of like a pretty famous mm-hmm. literary? Like... I think it was. Yeah. It was PG. It I was? was? A kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's Isn't that rated kind of sensual? Like it, there's... It's sensual, but like they, they only kiss in the extended ending. Yeah. Um, there's no nudity. There's no swearing. So they can pretty much oh, wow. rate it. It's pretty tame. That t- 
I think that does make sense. Like, it's for adults, but kids can see it. Right. And there's nothing too explicit. Yeah, there's nothing like, that I'm going to go yeah. home. I'm not going to be riding in the car like, Dad, what Why? What was that bulge? Right. You're not going to be asking questions. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> Clay's like, oh, God. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting that word to pop up. I'm just going to be honest. Bulge. Yeah, it's not something I'm, I'm prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> it won't happen again. It might happen again. And no, it won't happen again. Um, so yeah, uh, my parents are divorced. So when I would go over to my dad's, it was like action epic time. Hell yeah. And then when mm-hmm. when I was with my mom, it was... Um, Veg- veggie Back to Disney. Yeah, low key. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that I minded. At Prince all. of Egypt. Yeah, very much that. Um, sometimes we got a, like a, a little, a little fun romp in there. A little Charlie's Angels. I watched Charlie's Angels mm. for the first time with her. To this day, that's one of my favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm. And full throttle. Full throttle is okay. Full, okay. I don't love full throttle. I haven't. I have to revisit it though. I haven't seen it in, mm. a, in a long time. But Charlie's Angels yeah. two thousand. Mm. that's my jam i will watch that forever and ever and ever but um so stuff like that and uh it was from her actually that i got into like martial arts movies from china Mm. taiwan and hong kong the wuxia stuff weirdly we never saw the grandmaster like i had never seen i had never heard of wong kar wai until i went to college Mm -hmm. but like crouching tiger house of flying daggers all that stuff, it was with her. And um, I think you can, like, those two genres very much, like, formed who I am as, like, a film lover. Like, the romanticism, the sweeping stuff, and then, like, Mm -hmm. Ridley Scott, bloodbath, expertly crafted, (laughs) throat slit, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So... (laughs) I'm surprised your mom was the one to introduce you to Wuxa and like Eastern martial arts films. That's I know. What I was know. her background in that? What was that? Because that's like a pretty random. I know. <laughs> she um, she grew up on Bruce Lee films. Right. Bruce okay. Lee, Jackie Chan. Right. Right. Um, one plus one equals two. Right. Yeah, that was kind of like the natural extension of that, right. and I think. In two, I think Crouching Tiger came out in like 2002 or 2000 or something like that. 2000? 2000. 2000. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was like around the time where she was getting into films in, in that Got year. It. So she would like, she was eventually like showing me this stuff because that's what she wanted to watch. And I think that's what awakened her to the beauty in cinema, which I think is fun. Mm. Um, but no, she loves East Asian cinema. Like, was a she? Lot. Were, were you? Were you an only child? I was, um, and then my both of my parents got remarried. Right. And now mm. I have sisters, but I was an only child, so I was pretty much. In and front now, of the TV what are you? I'm sorry. Uh, the oldest. The oldest. Yes. Oldest child supremacy. Let's go. Oldest child supremacy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for a long time, I was pretty much being raised in front of the television. Right. Right, mm-hmm. and but yeah. you weren't a latchkey kid. No, yeah, no. they would pick me up from school, from my right. little Christian school where I wore my uniform. They would pick I'm me up. I'm gonna go and home and watch 36 Chambers, guys. See you later, it's, nerds. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of crazy looking back because like during the day I'd be reading like 
the wages of sin is death. Right. The gift of God. And then I'd go home and my dad would be like trying to get me to watch like a rated R film. And I'd be like <laughs> crying, like, please, dad, please. I think we he tried to get me to watch the matrix i don't know how old i was i was maybe like that rules yeah and i was like dad i don't want to we got as far as the umbilical scene when he like wakes mm. up that in the is real pretty world gnarly. and he like pulls it i was like no and he's all bald yeah. umbilical scene is a good way to describe that i didn't think of that that is a great way to describe that <laughs> I mean, but that is that obviously what like, it is. I, I just, for some it, reason, yeah. that word didn't come right. to mind. That's smart. It's hard to describe because there's so much happening. Right. But I was like, turn it off. And he was like, are you serious? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm done. Turn it off. I understand so. both points there. I understand the are you serious reaction. <laughs> I know. I wish I could have been stronger, but. My dad also showed me The Matrix at a young age. <laughs> okay. And I wonder if... So if a young, younger kid could see the sequels at a young age, because he kind of like pretended the sequels didn't exist until I found out about them really? when I was a teen, and I wonder if that's that's still possible with like a younger kid, or if they're easier or not easier, but if they're they're just the same to digest like the first one is, and I wonder if that could apply to Resurrections, but. Uh, neither here nor there. Just a observation. But, Just thinking yeah. out loud. Yeah, but that—that's so funny with the with like the like what you were exposed to because it's it's like that does info, like that kind of like martial arts and sword and sandals epics of the two thousands. Like those, those, you know, that does form your taste. You know, it's yeah, like that, that's sort of like of a similar. Like they're not. You know, the films that you mentioned that your dad was into, I don't think they're of the similar... There is a connection there. I don't know what it is, but it's like there is like a similar connection that they draw from with martial arts. Maybe it's like the yearning. Yeah. That I think it was Gladiator. It's. But... I think it's the yearning, and I think it's also how they need to express... Like, there's not a whole lot of dialogue in either genre. Right. And they need yeah. to convey and communicate they need to convey emotions and communicate thoughts through battles and yeah. through like that's the dialogue which is something that i love and mm -hmm. admire that's a language into itself yes yeah. and it's so good like especially like i know people don't fuck with troy that much anymore which is weird it's like do you ever like grow up loving a film and then you go on letterboxd and then you see, like, the reviews are skewed. Muppets to the left, from Space. Like, yeah. oh yes! I love Muppets from Space! It's bullshit. But not everybody likes what I like, mm -hmm. and it's really weird to, like. You're like, wait, well, what? there's this that is... grow. there's that just this is core wrong. attachment that is yes. just, like, what? Like, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, once you step back and, like, look at it, you're like, yeah, okay, sure. But, yeah. Right. Like, Troy like, is, like, well done. I think that movie's good i haven't seen i thought while. so i think i that really stuck with me and i feel like you know not everybody loves brad pitt obviously mm -hmm. nor do i but i'm not gonna sit here and be like he was not eating as achilles right like he oh my god he he just there's so much emotion like rolling off of him in waves mm -hmm. and it's so powerful so by the time he fights eric banna's character I would be like sobbing because it's like 
I wouldn't know. I knew what would happen, but it's like, there's no way to win. I think that was like my first exposure mm. to tragedy too. That and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It was still like, yeah. there's just no way out of this that's good. And like this is an unwinnable battle. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I was yeah. so... Because, you know, you're a freaking kid. You, you, you grow up on yeah. Disney movies. You think Definitely. that everything is going to work out. Everything's black and white. Yes. Like, yeah. And that... Yeah. Oh God, that like racked me to my core. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like the first time I saw Titanic, I cried for two days. <laughs> I was so confused. Right. My emotions were all over the place. That's a great one to introduce to kids for that reason. Like, oh, this is a tragedy. Like, that's a tragedy. You yeah. Know? It's like, like, it ends bitter. You know, obviously. <laughs> Not to spoil after Titanic. It <laughs> ends bit- bitterly. and. But there is some um, sweetness still, too. And it's like, right, right. that's what life is. So you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta get used to, you know... The bittersweet, yeah. But it's still wrapped up in this, like, familiar old Hollywood epic. But um, at this... And I guess that sort of leads into um, the Grandmasters, since it does have these familiar um, beats that I think, what you know, Wong Kar Wai carries on from his 90s career, but then is learning from like the you know the crouching tiger hidden dragons and your heroes yeah uh and your martial arts of the 2000s that it's sort of like oh like it's taking from from a different from a few different inspirations but um sure i yeah uh go on go on with like uh your first exposure to grandmaster and also your first exposure to one car okay wasn't that long ago he was my probably my proudest discovery from the pandemic um 
I think, so I graduated from college in 2020. My, one of the last classes I took was this like editing basics class. I went to film school um, and I kind of wanted to be like a little well-rounded by the time I left. So I took this editing class and one day we were discussing color correcting, the best uses of color in film and my professor like showed a video of in the mood for love and that was my first time seeing it and i took one look at tony long and i was like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) who is this guy (laughs) and um that's what Maggie Chung said in, uh, in, in The Mood for Love. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, it's just word for word. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> bar for bar. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't have time to like kind of... She spit. <laughs> she did. That she did. Um, I didn't have time to like kind of check out his filmography um, mm-hmm. when I was in school. Then obviously the pandemic hit. I moved back home. And everyone was like, here's what you should do to stay busy, blah, blah, blah. I got a Criterion subscription. In the Mood for Love was the first movie that I watched. Um, Mm -hmm. And right away, I was like, this is not the kind of, like, because I'm so, I was so, like, a couple years ago, I was so firmly, like, embedded in, like, the Western way of making mm-hmm. a movie i i, I mm-hmm. came up during like the mcu stuff i think i was like i started i was yeah, starting so high school yeah. yeah so it was very much like how like the only way i knew that a film could be made other than like because even even crouching tiger and those wusia films they're kind of you know it's it's those ideals funneled through hollywood blockbuster kind mm-hmm. of aesthetic and tone. That's what made Crouching Tiger such a hit, mm-hmm. too. It's like, yes. yeah, right, it made it accessible. Absolutely. But In the Mood for Love is not that at all. Like, it's, mm-hmm. he plays the same song over and over again. There's so little dialogue and it just kind of ends in a way that you're like, wait, that's it? And it's again like going back to that tragedy of like you expect one thing to happen. It's like you're watching these two people clearly kind of, you know, they're in love. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, they're in love. They should get together. And then they don't. And it's like they just never see each other again. And it just like peters out Mm -hmm. in this way that's just so unsatisfying. And I was like, okay. I didn't know how to feel the first time I watched (laughs) it. I was like, okay. But I I was still curious about him. So I think I watched... You know, you go through the the heavy hitters. I think I watched Chungking yeah. Express, yeah. Um, and the one, oh, the one where, oh my God, what is the name of that one? It's the lady in the blonde wig. Fallen, and she's it's fallen fallen angels. Okay, yeah, fallen angels. Yeah. Yes, Fallen Angels, and then I really liked Fallen Angels. I don't know. Well, there's the lady in the blonde wig in Chungking Express. Oh, okay. Maybe I am thinking about the right thing then. So never mind. I watched Chungking <laughs> Express, and then I saw um, Fallen Angels. I really loved Fallen Angels. Yeah. And I think the more I watched, the more I started to enjoy him. Um, as Tears Go By, I really, really yes. loved... Um, and the one with Leslie Chung, which I, maybe that is as tears go by. 
<laughs> I'm like mixing all of oh, them. Oh, I know. That's. Um... Oh yeah, I I think I think that's. I'm, like googling. I think it. you're right. Wait, no, I. Jesus <laughs> we don't know anything. No, we don't know anything. We're having. Days of being wild. Days of being wild. Yes. Is it? <laughs> no, and he also it also in Happy Together, and I think it's because I was trying to think about one that I couldn't think about both. But yeah. no, Happy Together is like on some days my favorite of his. I think that one is so exceptional. It's so powerful. Um, it's I, I. It's just yeah that that kind of took my breath away. Yes. But, um. So then um, it mm-hmm. kind of got to the point where. My parents and I were running out of things to watch. Uh, so we started watching the Ip Man movies. My parents have seen them. My mom and my stepdad have seen them like a million times. But I've ne- I had never seen them at that point. And so we watched them and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then there are like a zillion Ip Man films by like different directors. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we saw the Grand Master and we were like oh this isn't related but I watched it by myself later and I like I was like well that settles it Mm -hmm. he's the best he's the best period it's it's even funnier because it's like there could be a million but it's like Wong Kar Wai figured out how to tell the story about what made it man like so exceptional like what makes someone cement a legacy oh my god yeah and it's like even if it's been told different ways like this this way of telling that story is just like yeah it's pretty uh pretty incredible Mm. um uh for myself you know it's it's funny i took a film course senior of high school and um we watched the, we saw the first Hitman. And I was like, oh, the first Hitman. Oh, this, I've always wanted to see this. <laughs> um, I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's like, oh my gosh, martial arts. Like, it's so cool. Like, I'd, like, I'd seen, I think I'd seen clips by then, but like, you know, hadn't, hadn't had that much exposure. Like, hadn't seen Crouching Tiger yet. I think I had seen Hero that same course, but that was cool, right? And then later on in that course, um, my my professor, he was he always liked to drop like hints about like what we were going to be seeing um, to tease like when we were finished one. It's like and in the syllabus, like I had seen most of them already, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be the easiest time ever. Like I've seen No Country for Old Men, I've seen uh, uh, 2001. Like I've seen, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> but I hadn't seen Chungang Express, Ooh. and that was the next one coming. Yeah, and he was like. Everyone, think about this. Pineapple expiration dates. I was like, what? This <laughs> makes no sense. I was like, I was like completely thrown off because it's like, it, like, I don't know. Like, I can't remember any of the hints that he gave for like the films I had seen. But it's like, I knew that one. I was like, oh man, this is, this is great fun. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're like 17. You're like, oh, like I, I can just think this and... Um, I can see what my friends think for seeing these films for the first time, right? Um, and I was just, like, completely blown away by Chunking Express. Like, I was like, this is amazing. This is, like... And I loved it. I was, like, head over heels. Like, everything about it was just so cool uh, and romantic and funny. And it was just... Like, yeah, that film was, like, the complete package. Um, and at the time... You know, it is, it is honestly funny. I have a similar... 
um, journey with him as, as Livy does. But it wasn't even with Criterion Channel. It was with Filmstruck, which is, you know, the first yeah. iteration, I, I suppose, of the of of what it became. IP. And uh, I I re- I memorialize Filmstruck every every chance I get. Um and from there, you know, of course, like I saw it in The Move for Love, I saw um Happy Together, Fallen Angels, um Days of Being Wild, like um, and then recently I caught up with 2046. Love This week I ju- oh, so I mean, like, oh, it's as a continuation of... Oh, my God, I know. Um, in the Move for Love, it's so good. But then just this week I caught up with My Blueberry Nights, which I really like. And that's one where I'm like, oh, everyone on Letterboxd is going to yeah. love this. Sign on. And no, it's it's like, it's kind of middling mix. Yeah. Like, reception. Nobody it's talks like, about it I don't either. know, it kind of, no. And it's like... It really is just his ideas, but sort of like, what if these things that were discussed in Hong Kong, like, were then in America? Yeah. It's like, I think that's just as powerful just to, like, see these things transplant onto a new location. But I, call me, I don't know, call me crazy. But uh, And then, yeah, it's just, I, I, I saw this one. I don't know why I put off this one for so long. It's sort of like, you know, I love Wong Kar Wai, but then... You think about some directors that you love, but you just have that film that you're saving for like a special occasion yeah. that you like purposely have blind spots. Um, I know that what maybe later we'll get into the different American Hong Kong cuts of the movie. I just saw whatever was on Tubi, <laughs> and I really liked what I saw. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure the two hour and ten minute version compared to the hour and fifty minute version is superior because whatever it contains more Wong Kar Wai is going to be. I still haven't found that. I still haven't managed to find it, and it's very frustrating to me because I want the full picture, and there's just so much drama surrounding it. I want to know. Which we can get into. Yes, yes, we can. Yes. So wait, which which cut? So you've only seen, which cut have you seen, Livy? I think the hour 50. Whatever's on Prime, that's the one that I saw. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have seen the Hong Kong cut, um, oh. cause I'm cool. Um, yes, you are. So it is, it, it, was that not the reaction that you wanted? Whoa, yeah, you have, um, he was like, whoa. no, I need more. I need more. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's take two. Come on. <laughs> but I can do I, better. Yeah. You're so right. it was yeah. the link. They had, um, a virtual screening from the Lincoln center. Um, right. That's the, what it's called. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why it's so hard for me because it's just like I don't know. There's so many Lincoln things named. You're not in. You're not in New York. Is um. <laughs> and obviously, when I heard that, I think some. I think one of our friends told us told me about it. Um, it's like it's gonna be on, like gonna be available to watch. And I'm like, about I, I love the idea of Wong Kar Wai doing a straight action movie, like just completely an action movie. Yeah. Um, was so intoxicating to me. That I'm like, and I've heard that the Hong Kong cut is much superior to the American cut. And it's like the only chance I have, unless I want to get by the region free Blu-ray or whatever. So I, I saw it. Um, I saw that back in like 21 during the pandemic, of course, because that's when they were doing virtual screenings. Um, I... 
it was hard to kind of get into the rhythm of it because it's so like nonlinear. It has like it's so, the plot is almost indescribable um, sometimes. I it was hard for me. It's to, almost vignette. Yes, with how it right, cuts absolutely. From different events. Yeah, and they don't give you like a, in the Hong Kong cut is from what I remember, and it's weird that I don't remember many specifics from it. Because um, mm-hmm. I was as I was watching the hour and forty cut, um, I could tell when scenes felt off, um, but I couldn't like completely remember what was missing. Um, and to me, some of it was just editing choices. That again, it's weird because I'm now I'm now wondering if it's like a it was just my expectation now that it's like colored my whole film. Like, well, I know this is the bastardized version, so I'm gonna think that most things are bastardized, but. Um, I feel like there was less cutting, uh, more long takes in the fights, especially in the one in the rain, mm-hmm. um, and more. And but the pacing was much better, because this kind of moves at a like breakneck pace and doesn't have yeah. time. Let it doesn't allow anything to kind of settle, um, especially with the politics of the different schools and northern and southern and the guy who's dying and his successor. All that stuff. Right. They introduce it so quickly. Right. Um, but it was it was weird because I guess I was somehow expecting more when I first saw it. Um, especially, again, it's just such lofty expectations. Wan Kar Wai and a fucking... Wan Kar Wai doing an action movie. Like, that's such a... That's a lot. That's a a lot mm-hmm. um I, and and also he had always wanted to do one um but just was trying to take his entire career to figure out an angle uh which to take the immense right and you can tell the, that this has been his destiny in a way mm-hmm. um yeah watching it this time i kind of realized i'm like this is some of the most incredible piece of action filmmaking ever made um and i say and that's a as some as people know me as someone who is an action nerd, that's a lofty claim by me. But I think his and what stood out to me this watch, I couldn't kind of give. I couldn't really care about the plot. Um, it was more the I was more it's the the emotion and the action to me were the main driving oh, yeah. force and like how incredible it looks. Um, this movie is fucking gorgeous. Um, in the Hong Kong cut, do you remember it being l- more or less plotty? More. I agree. Yeah, it's it's great with the vibes. He's always been centralized on mood. You know, so. But it is very much. It has more. It allows like it allows Hong Kong to breathe more. You get better sense of the city itself, better sense of the dynamics and like kind of quote unquote politics of the place. More characters are allowed to breathe. It's like you have more like. Um, um, the main antagonist of the film. What is his name? My song, um, uh, song, mm-hmm. and he has more. He's more fleshed out. Um, you get more of the guy with the razor, like a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. and just a lot of those. Yeah, razor. Um, <laughs> you have more of an idea of the politics surrounding all the southern and northern masters. At least, and the thing is, I could be, I could be making this shit up, but that's what I remember. Um, but watching it this time, I've realized how unique, and it's been, you know, two years, I've, 
The last two years, I watched a ton more action movies, and especially way more action movies from the East. I've, you know, mm-hmm. from Hong Kong to Japan to Korea to Indonesia, it's like I've been watching a lot more action movies from a lot of, like, a lot of different Eastern and Asian countries. Um, and so, uh, and more, and a lot more modern stuff, but some, like, you know, like Donnie Yen stuff. Um, I have not seen the Ip Man movies, which is crazy. Mm. Makes no sense. It should be, like, I guess I was always pull. I was always the bio. Could we the bio have a citizen, citizens arrest. Right. For, <laughs> the bio. The seen. biopic stuff put me off, and it still kind of puts me mm-hmm. off. I just hate biopics. Yeah. It's like um, Captain right. America, but if it was about a real life person, that's how it feels. It feels like like mm-hmm. propaganda esque. But also, yeah, like Donnie right. Yen's killing it. Like you mm-hmm. don't even care yeah. that it's propaganda, and it's, yeah. it gets blatant towards like three and four. It's like, oh, right. Which one's Mike Tyson mm. in? Uh, three. That's right. Um, <laughs> but watching it this time, I kind, I it kind of unlocked the action. Seeing it unlocked something for me, and how much this movie is about physics mm-hmm. and how action and the action is all about force and the push and pull and what the amount of force you use with each punch and each kick and the physics of everything and like almost like the geometry of the fights mm-hmm. as well because it's all like strategy based in a lot of ways um and that's what makes this movie this movie unique because it shows kung fu is not as uh, act of violence but an art mm-hmm. um yeah. even though you have some vicious acts of violence in like especially the rain uh you know the opening rain sequence um mm-hmm. but and some of it can be brutal but it's also but all the focuses of water it's this force it's this it's the physics of your body moving throughout the world and how much how much you affect your environment and how much you're using your full mass and your full speed in each contact and each kick and each punch. It's so, it's, I I couldn't stop being blown away um, by the fight scenes Mm -hmm. because it's also, because there's also so many different, different, um, points in different uh contexts surrounding those fight scenes there's a fight scene that's like a conversation trading ideas trading philosophies you have a fight scene that is a challenge but also testing of each other's limits and also a dance you know romantic basically you have Mm -hmm. i mean you have a fight scene out of vengeance of course but also someone who's proving a point Fight, you know, fights are communicate. The, the the use of fighting as communication, as um, as courting. As um, a use of family dy- of like power dynamics and asserting power, and asserting skill, and trading ideas and philosophy, philosophies in, with kung fu and the different arts. And this, it's this, it, it was, it's all this communication and all of this, I don't want to say science, but this act of physicality 
that is so spiritual but also so real in how it operates in mm. our world and how yeah. it affects our environment how it affects the rain the snow um the uh you know how much it breaks how much carnage it creates but how also how graceful and intelligent and beautiful it is it just shows so many different acts and ideas and concepts and uh, perspectives of what what kung fu what uh fighting what um sparring is what it represents how why is it so important culturally why does it make up so much of like a spirituality of a view it's almost as if it's a religion or an ideology it's like i it it feels like my third eye was unlocked watching those fight scenes (laughs) i just felt like i finally the key fit into the fucking hole i like it unlocks something that i that i didn't realize and I got this from the bastardized cut, so to speak. I mean, it's still good, but I, I definitely the pace yeah. the pacing kind of was really rough for me. It feels like it's sped up. A yeah, it's bit. it, it is. There's yeah. no time for any like table yeah. setting. Um, Thanks, Harvey. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> did, did you have much experience with with Wong Kar Wai me. Um, before? I think you, I think you did. You think you did. I did. I Feel. think I've seen. Yeah. I've only. This is my only. I've only seen four, which is again a, a crime. Um, Literally, how dare you? How I know, dare you? I know. I know. Yeah. I have seen. Uh, Olivia and I can take it from here. <laughs> I have seen this. I have seen in the mood for love. I have seen Chunking Express, and I have seen Fallen Angels. Um. And obviously, all of those movies are. I mean, in the mood for love is. I don't know how more perfect you can be as a movie. Yeah, yeah. that's like. Yeah. That's like the height of what we can do as yeah. artists, <laughs> as like it makes sense spirits. why that tops so many like twenty first century films, greatest like, best films of all right. time. Like, like it is. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah. I don't think humans can make art better than that. Not really. Mm-hmm. Like that's and, and it's funny because Livy mentions the ending. And how much of like a dagger to your heart it yeah. is, but that ending was completely like, it's just like let's go with this one, and of course it's like one car away is known for his improvisation, but they want to get that movie to can, and it's like I don't know how he or I think they knew how they wanted to end it, but I think to meet the deadline to get it to can, it's like let, let's just like end it here and it's just like crazy like it makes perfect sense like this whole thing about restraint unforbidden love is now tied to like this dead end it's unbelievable um yeah i think his his career has always been a very easy one to binge for me um and it sounds like all of us it was easy one to binge because like you know, of course, like, he was brought into the West by um, uh, Quentin Tarantino and Rolling Thunder as Chunky Express being this, like, movie that everyone needs to see. Everyone needs to see this, like, incredible new voice. Um, and, and, like, you know, there's that famous cover where it's, like, 
half of Tarantino's face where it's like, what, is the, what are you trying to sell? It's, like, it's such, so badly designed. But I think he's like maintained this idea of like drawing on these inspirations of like being like this, like he's trying to be himself, but also like take inspiration from other places and form his own style from it. Like, of course, like early on in his career, like the collaboration with Christopher Doyle, like, yeah, um, is highly documented, but and means so much to forming that kinetic camera. Um, and then here, like you know, you get to the twenty first century where it's like he matures a little bit and like slows down, and like the camera is cutting less within the mood for love in twenty forty six. Yeah, they really linger, um, and then it's really about yeah, really lingering. Mm hmm. And that's what I like about this one. Because something I notice is, like, of course, like, if it's about it, man, right? And, of course, like, something that the movie takes note of and, like, the description takes note of is, like, one of his main um, protégés was Bruce Lee. And if Bruce Lee is going to have a biopic of his teacher, of his, like, philosopher made of him, it's, like, there needs to be this these, like, set, logical philosophies that are made throughout the movie and Wong Kar Wai is such a unique stylist that he can like Clay mentioned like he can then lay ground for these philosophies throughout the movie to where it does feel like a biopic but something where you just you know it's really it's really cool how he comes to play within these ideas like um, the Gong Shi character is that, um, but the um, yeah, like the Gong Earn character, yeah, like it's something like that where it's like, oh, I didn't like some some form of legacy can come through her, right? But yeah, I love her character so much, and she's Zhang Ji is one of my. I think she's really the heart of the movie. Yes, yeah. I did hear that she in the extended cut. She's well in the official Hong Kong cut. She's she has a bigger role, um, and they kind of she's an almost a co-protagonist to Ipman in the like original cut, which I feel like is warranted because she's just so incredible in this film, and oh, just thinking about her makes me so sad because <laughs> the ambition the hunger that she has she has no freedom because first of all she's a woman second of all she's like her dad's could have been his heir but is like passed over for the other guy whose name i am is escaping mm -hmm. me and then but she still gives literally everything for her father's legacy even though it's not like completely hers and she has to fight tooth and nail to get it, even if it mm -hmm. means never getting to be with the person that you love. And then mm -hmm. all the other awful stuff that happens. But it really like sits with you in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think I like what you were saying about Wong Kar Wai's particular style, because I do feel like the Grandmaster is like a culmination of sorts because it's like you look mm -hmm. at something like as tears Definitely. go by or like fallen angels and it's this like frantic, mm. just really almost like playful, but in a way that's like 
very cheeky and mm. almost manic. People have called it like perfume commercial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like it does, I, I mean, if, like tastefully. Yeah. I think because it's, it does have this feel of like, like a sexiness, but, but also like, like a little like, look what I can do. Like mm-hmm. I, I make almost like his 90s stretch is like his first movie. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I want to do all these ideas stylistically. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll have another chance to do them, even though it's like, you, you're going on an amazing run. Yeah. Uh, in the 90s. But then, you know, it's like, and then you get into like the 21st century. And then, yeah, like it takes on like a whole new shape, even though um, he's still dealing with these ideas of um, unanswerable longing and the <laughs> this like unforgettable way how to frame human faces oh, right? oh my god like, yeah you just like the close-ups of the shot of is just of like Zhangji, like hovering over tony lung as they're going through that fight scene like nearly kissing but like obviously that's not the goal of oh it's the incredible fight. i oh. uh burned into my brain completely completely but it really is like he took all of the things that he like were his like bread and butter and he funneled mm-hmm. it. I feel like I'm saying funneled a lot, but that's just like the where my brain is. <laughs> that's the yeah, vibe. that's the vibe. Let's, let's stick with this. <laughs> he funneled it into We're gonna commit to the funneling. <laughs> <laughs> he put it in, in the context of a of a you know, a Wuxia movie, which in a way is like like to this day not taken incredibly seriously like even like crouching tiger hidden dragon like i saw it the other day in the cinemas because they re-released it and people were like laughing at the flying bits and like just not taking it seriously at all but in the grandmaster it's like you're almost forced to because like even it's it's hard in these movies to like convey the power that these warriors are working with and it's like when they when they're punched, it's like and they die later. It's like, well, what? Why you just he just punched you, but with every fight, like especially the one between Gong Air and the man that I'm trying to think of, you know who I'm talking about, like the evil successor. Ma-Song. Yes, thank you, Masong, who mm. like basically ruins the entire like everything. They literally, they maybe make contact like two or three times. But it's like the injuries that they sustain are serious, like nearly mm-hmm. fatal. And Wong Kar Wai does such a good job of making sure you understand how like their power can create such wounds that like they'll be that they'll be with them like for the rest of their lives. And even the flying, mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's called flying or gliding or whatever have you. I've never cared about that. I've always thought that it was really beautiful and fun. Um, right. As you should. As, as most thank should. Thank you. Like, just for how. Yeah. Because yeah. it's cool. It's representative. Yeah. Because yeah, it's fucking rules. Um, and also this is shot by Felipe Lasord, who, um, you know, is not the distinctive stylist like Christopher Doyle yeah. is like he shot Sofia Coppola movies yeah. <laughs> like um which also have like a visual identity of their own but 
Um, yeah, this one just looks amazing. Um, he's always been um, a visual, I mean, maybe not a visualist first, but like his images are so striking. Like, um, you know, the like, I, I mean, we all love In the Mood for Love here, and the way that Maggie Chung and Tony Leung are framed in that one. Like, is just like the way that he can just block actors never mind like what's sur- surrounding them is uh astonishing where was i going with this i think what he does is he doesn't view these people as warriors he views them as almost like priests or shaman or the idea or like or teachers people who try or like you know i like priests of certain ideologies like that like his his focus on the different arts and the different forms is almost as if the different ideologies the different perspectives of what kung fu is and how your personality and your thought process affects how you fight and how that makes you an individual i don't really think that a ton of the fights in here are about the violence they are about either communicating proving a point um showing power it's not about i want to hurt you um and even if you but like if and someone might say well i you know obviously um how do you what who's what's the daughter's name again gong her gong yeah gong her you would people would say well she's taking revenge no she's trying to prove a point yes she is avenging Mm -hmm. her father but her she's trying to share the point that she is deserving of that legacy and that he does not deserve it and that how he ruined it that is proving a point Mm -hmm. he does i don't think if she wanted him dead he would be dead Mm -hmm. it's not about that it's about what it means to her avenging her father is not killing him or hurting him it's proving that he is not deserving of that legacy that he does not deserve to be the successor of her father that's the avenging that's the revenge so to speak it's not that it's not the violence or the act of hurting someone and to me i think that is so unheard of in action movies these days um to have to attach such spirituality to it um even in a lot of eastern stuff it's just kind of lost um even compared to the Ip Men films too right Right, the genre. The, I mean, the genre has almost moved on from wuxia films, which is unfortunate because there is some. There's a real power to that. There's a real like substance to viewing kung fu and fighting styles as a religion. I mean, you watch Thirty Six Chambers. They're monks. They're people who are practicing and going through trials and tribulations. These are people who are like training, but also committing themselves to a way of life, to a belief system, to an ideology. I'm not saying that means like, oh, isn't it so great to, you know, commit to yourself to a religion built on fighting. I'm just saying that there's a lot, there's something that's really resonant there and really powerful about that idea of that kind of commitment and showing and uh, and showing your mm-hmm. faith and commitment to something like that in the form of sparring or you know violence in a sense or just fighting just that communication that art there it's almost like argument sometimes the fight is an argument because that idea gives 
you know, like many layers, as in um, it gives the characters purpose, which gives their actors actions purpose, which gives the movie purpose. An incredible motivation. To then, like, right. show things. Right, right. It's all, it's all within, like, purpose and motivation, which, yeah, it's just, like, well-told. It's just, like, well-written. Can you think of it's a just, more like, powerful well motivation than realized. faith yeah. and belief and ideology? Right. What's right. more powerful than that? It's, like, inarguable. Right. It's inarguable. It's the yeah. basis of yeah. our lives. You don't believe mm -hmm. in something? Then you're brain dead. Everyone believes in something. Everyone fights for something they believe in. Whether you're, you know, whoever you are. That is the that is the meaning of fucking life. And to have that so crystallized in each movement, the transferring of energy, the transferring of force, the, tra the physics. Like, there's a shot that shows to me how, like... How much this like how much this movie is about the energy around us when he's smoking that cigarette? There's a close up of that flame igniting, mm -hmm. and then the cigarette, and then like passing and putting it um, onto the cigarette, and the cigarette and it's an extreme close up of it catching mm -hmm. on fire, like a forest fire or something. That energy transferring to something else, to spreading somewhere else. It's and I know this sound. I sound like a, a lunatic right now, but <laughs> it's like I'm like getting all philosophical about lighting up a cigarette. Uh, but and it, if I asked Wong, he might have been like, "That was just a cool." Shot. We it's are just right. pretty. That was just a cool ass <laughs> shot, dude. I don't right. That just seemed like a cool thing to do. Um, I was smoking at the time, and like, oh, I saw him when I was holding. I was like, what? And, this, and who knows? Maybe this is because he I'm did taking this. a biology <laughs> and a psycho psychology class right now that I'm getting so heady with this shit. Right. But it, but to me, it's like those focusing on elements, environment, water, fire, snow. Mm -hmm. That's a, it's all connected. Okay, now I sound really nuts, but you know what I mean. It's <laughs> but well, I mean you know that's 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 the. Um, I I don't want to say under under discussed, but I guess the subtextual, um, like like what is strived after for many auteurs, that characters' actions are informed by their environment. Yeah. Um, like I, someone that comes to mind is Claire Denis, right? Like someone that is like. These people, their actions, their beliefs, and their goals are made possible by what they're surrounded by and who surrounds them, yeah. right? Like, their place is restricting them or allowing them to do what they would like to do. And, of course, um, um, I mentioned, like, 2046 is... I, I thought it was really great, but it's because, like, again, I think he captures the environment of, like, you know, the um, the globe-trotting nature of that movie, like, pretty well, of of being, like, America is full of loneliness and yearning for, for more, just as what Wong Kar Wai has explored um, in the East, of course. Yeah. Um yeah, I understand what Clay. You are you're you're a lunatic, but you're you're my lunatic. Yeah. It's definitely you definitely yeah. feel it though. Like even 
and I think that's why Gonger and Ipman are such interesting parallels because she's so doggedly committed to her stuff and honestly because Loki she's had to work harder for it but if you think about Ipman he was like rich born rich he could afford to study as many schools of martial arts as he wanted to and it's like he was pretty much he was proficient in all of them and there's a sense at the beginning that he kind of takes it for granted and it's that's like one of the less spoken about aspects of this uh, that he's like kind of spoiled and he's just you know it, it it's very evident in like the I guess if you're reading it from a feminist perspective, like Gong Air is mm. like, oh, you're a man, so you can do what you want. And I'm a woman, so mm. I've had to. But it's it's so serious because I think even he's he's not even particularly religious either, mm-hmm. and she's so committed. And it's like throughout the ordeal that she goes on, the oath that she takes it almost feels like like this isn't spoken at all and so little is actually said in this movie anyway but it's clear to me at least that her her faith inspires itman later to kind of take what he's doing more seriously which i don't know i think that's really powerful and mm-hmm. I think like back to what Clay said about the code and the religion that is on display here I feel like it's hard for like modern action films to touch on that like even John Wick the last John Wick I remember the director was talking so much about like the samurai influence and like how the creed like it's like feudal almost but even so like i don't know you don't feel it as much it's just like kind of like window dressing in the john wick films it's like oh this Mm -hmm. has to happen it's like an excuse for the bloodshed to happen instead of like Mm -hmm. it's thought of second instead of like baked in yes yeah Mm -hmm. so i definitely agree i think a few have managed to top this in any way um but also it's hard because wuxia films are like literally not barely being made anymore unless it's like disney doing a freaking spin on it um this Shanghainese community, did it feel like a community that those who had come from Shanghai during that period? Uh, was it close-knit? Did people know one another and, and, and feel alienated from the larger Hong Kong culture, or was it more individualistic? In, in fact, it, it, it is the situations at that point. It's like the reason why like Hong Kong have um, Cantonese, which is a local dialects, a cinema, and also the Mandarin cinemas, like typical uh, Shaw's Brothers productions. Because there's certain communities, it's basically from the north, and, and people actually from the north, they are com- coming from different provinces, but for the local Cantonese uh, majorities, they will call them the Shanghainese group, all right? 
But <laughs> so they some, just lumped them all together. Yes, yeah. and the reason why they have this like Mandarin-speaking uh, uh, pictures is basically is for these communities because, and all the productions is not really about Hong Kong now. It's all made in studio. It's really about the past, what happened in Shanghai and what happened in the north. So those who had been displaced, having this exactly. intense sense of nostalgia. I, it, it, it's very funny. It's um, w the place where we live at, uh, at that time, actually at the corner, there's a small like hotel. And in fact, it's for those like Russian communities. We call them the white Russians. The whole, actually the small hotel, you can see is full of like uh, um, Russian communities. And so when you look at them and look at ourselves, it's like, well, it's the same thing. It's like you're far away from your hometown and it's like, um, it's um, isolated in a way. Was there a way in which the style of those who were the new arrivals from the north uh, differed from that of the local Cantonese-speaking Hong Kong community? Was there just a kind of visual difference? Was there something that you could read in terms of the way one dressed or carried oneself? Sure, because uh, before, the beginning of the Chinese cinema actually happened in Shanghai. So in the 30s, Shanghai actually is called the Hollywood in, in China. So when you look at the Mandarin productions, they are actually more well-made. And for the local Cantonese production, it's mainly Cantonese opera. So they, they were shot like in two weeks. And uh, so the, the quality-wise is very different. And subject-wise is very different too. Well, I wonder, given that you have this community that was displaced and that wasn't a sense from the city that was the premier Chinese city, the city that was the most cosmopolitan, the most international. Mm -hmm. And then they find themselves in a place that they might have once thought of as a backwater. Right. So, you know, I wonder if there was a resentment that came from that, that feeling of your status having changed. You know, kind of, uh, for example, being an artist, you know, who's coming in the 1950s from Shanghai, and then you find yourself in Hong Kong, and then suddenly you find all of these, these things reversed, these power relations reversed. I mean, do you think there was a sense of that? There was an anger about that? The, in fact, it's not because, like my parents, they never thought they are going to stay here for long. They thought it's going to be something like uh, a transit because one day they still want, uh, hopefully, they will be back to Shanghai. So basically, it's for like the first generations of like all these immigrants. In a way, they took Hong Kong as a as a point for transit. They are not going to stay here for long. And only in the 70s, you can see the second generation, they, they, they began to take this place as their home. And, and by then, when you look at all the cinemas, the, the difference between the local productions and the Mandarin productions become like merging together. It's not really about the past, it's really about now. And they are not shot in a studio, so they are shot on the streets. They more they cover more about the realities instead of what's in the past and a fantasy. So it's, it's, you can see at that point, that is the first so-called Hong Kong new wave. So Helsky is a student of the genre. Yes. M maybe, the, m maybe one of the most well-versed people in the action genre that we have in the world currently. Um, in the sense of his experience his filmography and his um, his his knowledge. 
um, you can tell Juan Carwai is also a student of the genre. Um, it's so, yeah. so apparent. But he adds his own style yeah. to it. And he is fully committed to his ideas in it. Um, I think that... Which, I mean, like, I think you said earlier, like, it's it's kind of crazy. This is his first at bat in, like, a genre it piece like makes this. makes no he's never... sense. Yeah. It's <laughs> unfucking believable that this is his first action movie. <laughs> And might yeah. be his last. Like, don't it, say that. Mm-hmm. Don't say. Well, that. Well, I mean, he might make I, another. I mean, he might he'll make another movie yeah. probably. But I'm saying he might not do this again. So, yeah, correct. Take because it back. I have yeah. faith. I, I well, I mean, it depends on what he's interested in. I don't know. Maybe he got it out of his system. What? That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what he's interested in right now is this movie blossoms, which is supposed to be in connection with like, in the mood for love in 2046. Uh-huh. But, like, which I love, I would love that, give it to me, but that has been in development for years. That is, like, the new Hayao Miyazaki movie. I will see it when I see footage. I will not believe a single release date until there are something to see. Like, I don't don't care about any rumors, right? It's like, anyhow, Koya, I cut you off. I'm so amazed by what he's done in his career, but I'm, I, but this is to me maybe his most impressive film, not his best film, most impressive in the sense of skill, and how, lack how much of how much experience he lacks in the genre. I mean, Fallen Angels has set has act, some action set pieces, um, but it's more of a thriller, right? Like, Ashes of yeah. Time is kind of like that, but it's it's mm-hmm. barely barely. Yeah, it's just it's some technical mastery. And plus, that's his, like, first movie. Yeah. Right. And shooting with that much rain, it's just, like, that is... I mean, if you listen to any fucking director talk, that's fucking nuts. Um, especially, that's it's just... It's horrendous to shoot with that much rain. Um, I'm just... Yeah, I'm blown away by what he... It's still... It's not my... I don't even... It's probably the worst Wong Kai Wai film I have seen. Mm-hmm. And that says... That's crazy because it's incredible, but right. it's like just because he's a master, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's the most impressive thing he's ever done to me. I mean, again, I have not mm-hmm. seen all of his films, but uh, I, I can't. I, it just it un, again it lo- unlocked something with me. But yes, yes, but him mm-hmm. understanding the genre and him being a student of it is what led to this. Same as Tahelski. I mean, the first John Wick being in like being his directorial debut is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of the. It's a. I, there's not many. There's not many more perfect e, uh, Western action movies you can make than the first John Wick and a lot of the films after that. Um, mm-hmm. By a pure technical aspect, um, and re, like in almost in like redefining a genre in America. Obviously, that was done way before that. Like you know, John John Woo was like kind of the innovator of that in the East, but. He revolution, but like him and Leach have kind of revolutionized the action genre for better or for worse. Um, because there's some ripoffs that are some really fucking bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, and obviously Wong Kar Wai is like leaps and bound, like not even like it's like fucking Picasso and George Bush. Like they're like it's not <laughs> even close. But I love Sahelski, but you can't compare him to Kar Wai. Um, but but my point is that. To make a great action movie, you have to fucking understand it. And you have to know the history. You have to know the mm-hmm. influences. 
And you hear, and if you hear any of the great action directors talk, you will understand that. Um, so that, yeah, and the, but also you have to have a philosophy when it comes to action. You have to have a purpose, an idea. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of John Wick is about honor, about rules, about sticking to that honor, about what is right. What is it? What does it? What do rules make you? Are we really ant? Like, do rules? You know, like. Do a lack of rules actually make us animals, or is that something that, that is established by the status quo to uh, keep um, the, the, to keep the higher ups in power? Or you know, is fighting about like a re- is it a spiritual purpose? Is it for violence? Is it to show off? Is it to you know, like he mentions, like I can't stand people who show uh, you know do kung fu as a circus for entertainment. When it's something pure and something again spiritual, that's what um, It Man says when he's interviewing for that job. It only takes me three different styles of punches and eight kicks, and that can be the God. All, that scene is all, so good, incredible. But that's a philosophy. That's a way. Of, that's a way of thinking. It's just I. I don't know. I'm. I, I, I don't know if I have any more thoughts because it just it, it's it this was like really like watching this and like was super foundational or not foundational but like it was it connected with me in a really strong way like to it to mm-hmm. how I view the genre that I'm so passionate about it really touched mm-hmm. me and just something like one of my core passions in life. So I'm 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 really glad we were able to cover it. I still think the I don't know I, I still have issues with it, especially the American cut. Um, but I, I I think what it achieves is so much more. That's it. That is untouchable to me. Yeah, you can kind of forgive those because I have issues too. And it's like you can kind of forgive the unevenness, uh, just from the ideas that's on the movie's mind. Yeah. Um, even the truncated and, bits. Yeah. It's like, definitely like even the American version is still good. And that's like a small miracle. Yeah. Right. Um, Cause like from what I saw, it's like, and we'll get, we'll go to favorite scene after this, but from what I saw, it's like, there's three cuts from like, basically that it's like the Hong Kong, the one that was at Berlin and the one for American audiences. And it seemed like um, the one of the Berlin Fest was just a little over two hours. And then, you know, the one that's an hour and 50 minutes, Wong Kar Wai was like, you know, this doesn't always um, get to happen with filmmakers. And it's like, let's play around with the runtime and see, like, what shape it can take by adding and taking away 10 minutes at a time for each cut that he had to make. I, I think that's like a better way of looking at it rather than like my movie was stolen from me by the wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's that's like, the attitude it's like that a lot the of fact that it take. ended up that exactly. And it's like the fact that it ended up seeming that way for one car. I was like a little better. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's like, I, I guess the other way to look at it is like, this is his last movie. Like he hasn't made anything uh. sense. Um, Blossoms seems to be in some kind of development hell, but 
There's footage. I Isn't he know. supposed to but... make a TV show too? Right. Exactly. Don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Don't make, make TV. Stick. I know. <laughs> Movies are better. Don't do it. I know. <laughs> Clay, it seems like this is what is happening. I don't. We don't make the rules. Yeah, I don't. We're just stating what we've but, heard. Don't I know. shoot. We're just stating what. Exactly. Please. Exactly. All right. I'll put I my gun down. Want... Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Livy put her knife down. Yeah. I think it's only fair. And kick it away um, just so you don't reach for it or anything. All right. Yeah. You're the boss. Um, but should we get to favorite yeah, scene? Yeah, I'm gassed. What I, what I, I said say? everything <laughs> I could possibly say. Yeah. Yeah, this is our last episode. Um, but You're retiring. You know, I just I just remembered, like, Parchan, and also, like, Parchan Wook is making another TV show for Apple TV. <sighs> and it's like, you know, I wanted another movie after Decision to Leave, yeah. but it's like... I, don't, I have no TV. control. I have no say. That's where the that's where the eyes are. It's an inferior art form. Yeah, you're you're not. <laughs> right, but it's like we can't do. Name the do best TV show anything. ever made. Name the best movie ever made. Which one's better? <laughs> okay. You're not wrong. You're not that's, wrong. You're, uh, yeah. You're not wrong. You made you made you made valid. Yes. Make a top ten of say, movies every work. year, and make a top ten of TV shows every year. You tell me which list is better. Damn. <laughs> I guess like we can tell you which one you've seen more of, and I think that's for you. That's telling, right? right? I'm just saying what needs to be said um, here. <laughs> right. To Americanize your films from the 1990s, uh, the, the colors seemed quite amazing and very rich. And I wonder if there was something about the film stock that you were, they were using during that period of time that was different from the film stock being no, used in the United States. No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think it's when you... Have you ever been to Hong Kong? I have. That's the color of the city. It's very vibrant. It's very colorful. How about digital video and what have you? I mean, sort of the, the changing technology surrounding filmmaking. How has that shaped your palette uh, and the kind of tools that you use? I still remember I, I, some people call me, you are the, I think that's the, uh, one of the, um, a digital company. Uh, um, they, the ones they offer me like, well, we want to do a project with you because we consider you as the last analog director. We want to turn you digital. But uh, so far, I'm still shooting with film style. Maybe Grandmaster would be the last one because actually at the end of the shoot, the Fuji uh, colors sent me a letter said, well, sorry, sir. Um, this film stock is going to be the last shipment because we're not going to produce anymore. So that means you have to go into the digital time and not going to shoot with film stock anymore. That, did, that sounds traumatic, potentially. I mean, yeah, how yeah, did you I'll feel upon getting the letter? Well, it's, it's, it's a sign for you to say, well, um, it's time maybe you should stop shooting the film because... Um, it's uh, the film, you're running out of film stock. And also it's a signal for me, it's like, it's the time is to a new era. Because when, whenever you look at, I still keep that can of uh, negative with me. And because when I look at this letter, I, I'm 
not only thinking about the film stock, I'm thinking about what happened to all, to all these beautiful Panavision cameras, what happened to um, the experience of watching all these film grains, beautiful film grains on the big screens. So it will be a different experience. But so you have to, to, to move on. You know, it's fascinating because, <laughs> you know, your name is associated with nostalgia uh, more than almost, you know, any, any other term. And, you and, get, and it sounds like you're very unsentimental about... Uh, but if you are giving me, that giving me a reason to do something not nostalgia. So is that something that you might revisit uh, in terms of the questions that you're seeking to spark and to, seeking to raise with your future films? Do you see yourself going back to the future, going back to science fiction, perhaps? No, I just don't want to stay in a place too long. I, I prefer to, to, to do something that people don't expect me to do. You're speaking for the people, and let's speak on our favorite scene from The Grandmaster. Um, who would like to start us off? If, if anyone has one they've had so percolating during the pod. I think I have one. It's so freaking mm -hmm. hard. It's so yes. difficult. Um, yeah. I feel like my instinct is to say the train fight. Because that's yeah, just that's kind of like bonkers. The yeah, it yeah. is. And Zhang Ji is my girl. I love her so much she's so cunt in this scene like <laughs> she's killing it she's slaying Literally. she's eating i love her so much i'm sorry i said cunt no it's okay, fine sorry. i just it's i just, keep no, throwing clay no, no. off guard but she is another no, word i just is. wasn't expecting to hear i mean you I are correct throwing. i see you i appreciate you i support you but i just wasn't ready yeah. i wasn't ready I keep blindsiding you with yeah. my choice yeah. of words. <laughs> no, I, I think I should be blindsided more often, personally. I'm keeping y'all on your toes. You're uh. welcome. <laughs> but yeah, um, if it wasn't yeah, the... You. You're welcome, you're welcome. Um, if it wasn't the train yeah. scene, there's a scene where young Gong Air is training in the forest. It's so brief. But she's like... There's snow, and I think that every time Clay mentioned like the elements and how they're manipulated under these like warriors' energy, I think about that scene because she's very much like beginning to test the limits of her power, and like how her energy flows with the energy of nature, and you can see the snowflakes moving and stuff, and like the air yeah. going still, and it's just so. It's like opera. Yes, it's so gorgeous. For myself, I'll say the. I'll say, uh, yeah. I mean, the scene with Gongjur and, um, and It Man, where they almost kiss is the flirting. Pretty yeah, the flirtatious. I mean, if there's, if you it. If there's like romantic um, persuasion is sort of like what Wong Kar Wai has spent decades now mastering, um, and and just like yeah, and and that little moment is so good because there's all these other ideas wrapped around um, that one sequence. But yeah, that just that really sticks with me. Yeah, because she starts off resenting him. 
She's like, mm-hmm. I don't think you're anything. You're right. shit on my shoe. Like, I can take you. And then it turns into this, like, for a moment, it's, like, not even about her winning. It's about her exploring mm-hmm. him. And, like, she does eventually win. But she, the fact that she can take her time and kind of, like. She holds the yes. cards in that oh. sequence. Okay. Yes. And he's but, just, like, going along with it. He's just like, sure. Yeah. Oh, I but love it. Winning isn't beating him to a pulp. Isn't mm-hmm. a black eye or a broken arm. It's just breaking something. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I broke a chair. Or no, I broke a stair step. Yeah. That is winning. But that, like, it, again, it's not about the violence. It's not about hurting each other. It's not about pain. It's about grace. It's about dancing. It's about advantage. It's about disadvantage. It's a chess match. It's yeah. I. Um. I will say <laughs> since we didn't, I will just go with um. The fight scene, uh, the rain in the rain, um, at the beginning. Um. No one. No one said that, right? I, I didn't. No. no. Okay. No. no. All yours. On it's board. one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen. And to um, open with that is such a flex. like Right. And I can't remember exactly if it's the same opening in the Hong Kong cut. I think it is. Um, it's it's almost... It's, you, if they had a better one, I can't you could almost You could almost think it's black and white in a way. Because it's I, so... I imagine it is black and white in same. my head. And I'm like, no, there was color. Because there's so mm-hmm. much... It's the black is so rich in that, in those mm. scenes, but it also but you can see everything so vividly. Nothing is obscured. Yeah. I think it cuts a little too much, but again, I can't remember if that is um, if that is uh, if that is just because of the um, Weinstein cut, or it was, or or the or that's just how it is. I I, I forget. Um, but it also gets back to my point of force and physics and the and the in using and and how powerful each kick and punch are um how it the transference of energy um mm-hmm. it's like almost scientific in a way um it's almost how like you know the tra- like if you look at like how your brain transfers energy and like how you get your neurons firing and how it tra- you know travels out of the axon into like the um like the fucking suction cups i forget what they're called i'm literally learning this in class but just that constant movement that constant uh energy being um processed and uh and how active it all is um Mm -hmm. yeah it's graceful it's it can be brutal at times but it's just a love and it's a great dichotomy with his how his approach like they're trying to hurt him they have chains and stuff they're trying to beat the shit out of him and he is trying to basically subdue them Mm -hmm. um he's not afraid he's not hold back holding back punches but that's just but he just has a different goal than them he doesn't want to fucking kill him just like I'm going to show you that, like, it's an, he's asserting dominance. He's not asserting, uh, he's not trying to, like, 
break everyone's bones. He's just like, don't fuck with me. It's an honest look into what um, what the idea of of like a philosopher would would do, of what a teacher would do in those moments. And you see him like coming to terms with like, no, I I need to make the right decision, even if he's outsmarted. Right? It's like it's interesting. Um, but yeah, Livy Scott, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute delight to have thank you. Thank you for having me. So the door is always open really to come back okay um if clay's if clay says so right no we didn't yes along at all no I'm just, yes i'm just getting yes no, I agree. yes 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 no yes um even with even with her naughty but, language <laughs> oh no okay see i knew you would have something smart to say about no no i i just be you can say whatever you would okay. like even if that means the internet will be mad at you. <laughs> Hopefully um, not. Hopefully no, they're like, um, period. Yeah, honestly, speak on Honestly, it, work. But, uh, yeah, work. Honestly, <laughs> These are all the things I do. Speak your, uh, speak your truth. <laughs> but if you have anything coming out soon or anything you're working on, where to find you online, uh, tell the people listening. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really doing much nowadays but that's okay because you know we're all trying to survive um you can find me yeah i am thriving thriving. i'm thriving a little bit honestly you had a smoothie you're good i did eat a smoothie and not everybody can say that not everybody can say that no no right now imagine if someone's listening to this and they're like enjoying a smoothie crazy that'd be so crazy if you are listening to this right now and you're drinking a smoothie yeah tweet me and tell me. Yes. You can find me on Twitter um, at Livy Scott, L Y V I E S C O T T. I'm also yes. on TikTok, but I like have not been on TikTok in like several months. So you're going to mm-hmm. see my archive if you go on there. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm a writer on slashfilm.com and mm-hmm. inverse.com. If you ever want to check out my opinionated rants about nerd stuff be my guest is there a specific piece you want to point out like hey check this one out oh god uh, i cannot think of one is there any one. you're least embarrassed by because <laughs> i can tell you a few of mine um, but, uh, that's how i rank I myself think, okay 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 i did one at the at the end of last year that was basically like ranking um all the like the best action movies that came out in 2022 i think that was like my last really good piece of writing not to say that i'm like an awful writer but that was like the last one that i was really proud of <laughs> hell yeah i'm gonna look that up right after this oh, yeah, i was I'm gonna honored. say that's that's in clay's pocket what yeah. if you don't like my ranking oh no i'm scared <laughs> I, I I like your I will like your ranking because it's your ranking. That's what I will say. Oh, thanks. Oh. That's yeah. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very diplomatic. <laughs> unless you're a role, unless you're uh, a, a friend of mine showed me the top fifty rappers by Billboard, and I wanted to throw something. <sighs> Billboard always. Billboard and Variety, they will like purposefully rank stuff wrong so that people, so that they'll get like a bunch of clicks and a bunch of things. Like I remember, right? Yeah, Variety when they ranked like Lana Del Rey's albums. Like I'm not even a huge Lana Del Rey head, but like looking at the order in 2023, I don't think yeah, anyone. No, 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 that's a little. No. But they put like her latest album first, and then they put like Honeymoon 
9 out of 12. Oh, <laughs> that made me so mad because Honeymoon got That's... me through tough times. Yeah. And it's a good so, album. If you don't understand how formative something is, it's like don't even yeah. try. So you know it's, how it's like Oh, go ahead, Jack. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's just like major publications rankings are always wrong. Like it's so, so strange. It's like that just cuz they're major like that it's like it doesn't mean anything right right and looking at you indie wire um but <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i saw i I've get them um, get them no no they <laughs> i, I want to name a writer so bad i'm not going to um oh. no i won't uh you but... should you you almost did twice yeah, you have to who's gonna make it this far who makes it this okay far? if you make it this far okay. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it, and Jack, you're gonna use your judgment whether to bleep it. Okay, Ben Travers, man, what? Just woof, (laughs) woof, (laughs) woof, um, woof. No, a lot of people agree with you. I know, I know. I agree. You're you're not alone. I agree. I feel like David Ehrlich is like the only. He's the only (laughs) bitch on there I trust. Everybody else, I'm like, I don't know. Unless they get some freelancers, Mm. but yeah, on staff. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah, what was I going to I know say? Eric Kahn is also, like, has some, like, harsh takes as well. I don't remember what I was going to say. I was going to say something amazing, and then I forgot. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say. So you know how, uh, before we started recording, when we were talking about, like, basketball and stuff, and how it probably sounded like uh, white noise to you? So that whole diatribe about Lana Del Rey, that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> Just, like... Charlie Brown's parents, like I couldn't just. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, it's just. Oof. Um, but I'm hey, okay that's, with that's being what that. makes us. I'm okay. No, that's what makes us unique. Sometimes we just can't understand a word anyone mm-hmm. anyone else is saying. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to share a few thoughts on Survivor this week. Um, if if you can, no, that's that's you know that's Jack's thing that. that I don't uh, understand. <laughs> My favorite TV show of all time. It's so fun. Crazy okay. tight. Um, Crazy tight. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. You can find me on Letterboxd at Jack A. Draper. Um, my writing on film is at the Boston Hassle. This film is available on Tubi and Pluto TV for free. I mean, it's fantastic you have a one car y movie just waiting there for sitting you. there um, limited commercial interruption i think his movies are fairly accessible i'm but also like this movie is like on blu-ray it's like you know it's widely available um the rest of his like this one and my blueberry nights are the only two not in that the world of one car y criterion set i believe yeah that and ashes um, of time i think and then that's actually the time that's right yeah um even the hand is on uh, um, yeah, that's right. I love like the hand. The first one, yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's fantastic, um, and it's only 60 minutes, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but our next episode is with Emma Arnold. She will be here with the Babadook. And the legacy that has left since 2014. We're going to talk about an Aussie film. Yes, I can't remember the last one that we. I try to avoid it. Those Aussies, man. Yeah, I... <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't know. I don't have anything against the Australians. I, I, no. <laughs> no. You just like to pick beef with people from 
different walks of life countries <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just hate people you just just take i just fights. hate any white country yeah. i think that's my thing that's fair france it's fair yeah, yeah. It's good. actually it's mostly the french i don't know what to tell you <laughs> no. you've had you haven't had kind things to say about canada no what did they do dirty people dirty people <laughs> No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I have too many Canadian friends to say that. Um, but I said it. Um, yeah, you can't yeah. take it back. Yeah, it's true. Written in stone. You're recorded many times for saying some No one listens nice to me. Um, everyone follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can follow me on uh, Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. You can send us an email at exitingthroughthe2010s at gmail.com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, give us a comment, share us with a friend. Run up to someone on the street, get two chopsticks, and do something that is maybe violent or not, or maybe just a cool mm-hmm. move, and then say, hey, go listen to Exiting Through the 2010s and run away. Um, be good to yourselves. Uh, be good to houseless people right now. Um, stay safe. Mm. Oh, and uh, this is the first episode we record after the strike. Oh, yes. I guess we should support say. the WGA. Absolutely. The WGA. If you don't support right. them, you're a bad person. I don't really think that's a... I literally can't think of a reason. Unless you think they're not going far enough, then maybe, sure. But besides that, no. You support. Everyone needs to support the WGA. Um, writers are important. They deserve to be compensated fairly. They deserve more than 3% of profits from fucking studios. Long live writers. They, Yeah, thank you, Jack. WGA, we're with you all the way. And yeah, guys. We'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.
to Americanize your films from the 1990s, uh, the, the colors seemed quite amazing and very rich. And I wonder if there was something about the film stock that you were, they were using during that period of time that was different from the film stock being no, used in the United States. No, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think it's when you, have you ever been to Hong Kong? I have. That's the color of the city. It's very vibrant, it's very colorful. How about digital video and what have you? I mean, sort of the, the changing technology surrounding filmmaking, how has that shaped your palette uh, and the kind of tools that you use? I still remember I, I, some people call me, you are the, I think that's the, uh, one of the, um, a digital company. Uh, um, they, they once they offer me like, well, we want to do a project with you because we consider you as the last analog director. We want to turn you digital. But uh, so far, I'm still shooting with film style. Maybe Grandmaster would be the last one because actually at the end of the shoot, the Fuji uh, colors sent me a letter said, well, sorry, sir. Um, this film stock is going to be the last shipment because we're not going to produce anymore. So that means you have to go into the digital time and not going to shoot with film stock anymore. That, did, that sounds traumatic, potentially. I mean, yeah, how yeah, did you I'll feel upon getting the letter? Well, it's, it's, it's a sign for you to say, well, um, it's time maybe you should stop shooting the film because um, it's uh, the film, you're running out of film stock. And also it's a signal for me, it's like, it's the time is to a new era. Because when, whenever you look at, I still keep that can of uh, negative with me. And because when I look at this letter, I'm, I'm not only thinking about the film stock, I'm thinking about what happened to all, to all these beautiful Panavision cameras what happened to um, the experience of watching all these film grains, beautiful film grains on the big screens. So it will be a different experience, but so you have to, to, to move on. Yeah, it's fascinating because <laughs> you know, your name is associated with nostalgia uh, more than almost, you know, any, any other term. And, you and yet it sounds like you're very unsentimental about. Uh, but if you are giving me, that giving me a reason to do something not nostalgia. Right? So is that something that you might revisit uh, in terms of the questions that you're seeking to spark and to, seeking to raise with your future films? Do you see yourself going back to the future, going back to science fiction perhaps? No, I just don't want to stay in a place too long. I, I prefer to, to, to do something that people don't expect me to do. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.